You're listening to Life and Leadership, A Conscious Journey, the podcast that shares wisdom and strength. Join your host, Dr. Michelle St. Jane's weekly conversation on how to have a positive impact for people, planet, and the wider world. If you want to live a life of intention, be proactive with your time, and bring your vision for the future to life one today at a time, you are in the right place at the right time. Let's get started. I keep track of innovative leaders who have a vision and a willingness to invest in these opportunities and to share them. I like this idea of this new human-centered digital economy based on sustainability, transparency, decentralization, individual privacy, and radical collaboration. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Wow. If you understand the concept of biomimicry, which is a design principle around modeling things after things in nature, that's really at the core of the design of our work. When humankind during the industrial age, we created a bunch of centralized operating systems where the intelligence and the control of those systems, whether it be financial systems, communication systems, even transportation systems, have a centralized core and then distributed nodes. How nature works kind of more on a cellular level is these different cells have their own effective autonomy and then they become connected to their surrounding cells cells and organisms to become organs in a system. So it's really about symbiosis. How can we create human systems that are symbiotic within the larger ecosystem? Thanks, Paul. So interesting. I've been following cellular intelligence and non-human participation was a key part of my doctorate, actually. And by the way, congratulations on your appointment to the Digital Economist Council this year. What attracted you. you to that position? As we build these systems, obviously monetary and value exchange is a key component to our infrastructure systems. From my perspective was that learning and education is needing to move toward individualized and personalized learning versus getting homogenized curriculum that every kid and every person learns the same content versus going on our own individual routes. That same concept requires a completely different type of information network to support that. Coincidentally, that same network for learning and education mimics the kind of network that's necessary for how value exchange is going to be evolving across humanity. And we're seeing that now with the emergence of blockchain types of technologies, cryptocurrencies, which is something that's been actually going on throughout history for forever. We've used coffee, for example, or chocolate, cocoa, or cacao. We've used beads and jewels as units of exchange value. This goes back to the centralized versus decentralized discussion we had just a few minutes ago, where now the monetary exchange seems to be moving toward a bioregionally based token type of unit of exchange. And then that bioregion has an exchange system at the edge of that region, and then it exchanges goods and services through that type of blockchain type of currency. We see that evolving moving forward. Yes, my favorite exchange for the Atlantic trade was seashells. 
Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. There seems to be the asset backing for these different types of currencies, if, if you will. The orientation is that the asset backing is more nature-based. So the value of protecting the natural resources, Earth, is being connected now to the monetary systems. That is really interesting. I um, follow regenerative design in terms of urban spaces, native spaces, traditional spaces, and tribal spaces. Paul has an amazing bio, and it will be available in the show notes. But here I'd like to just touch on some highlights. At the end of last century, Paul was cycling through leadership, as he puts it, developing multidisciplinary opportunities. And to me, I now see it's multidiscipline across many areas with other professionals willing to do that now, which is so important because everyone has a place at the table from the historians through to the economists. But there's some themes that I noted, definitely attracted to technology, social impact, collaboration collaborations with philanthropic endeavors, education and wellness through the development and design of health tech, all of which you get two thumbs up from me. <laughs> well, I really started my quest for identifying from a systemic standpoint, fulcrum points or what Buckminster Fuller refers to as trim tabs in society that if we were to apply a little bit of energy toward those fulcrum points or trim tabs, it would change humanity's trajectory. Obviously, we would need to know what direction we would want to move that. So there's been that kind of connection between anthropology and our historical patterns, as well as futurism and what direction do we need to move. And we are really, quite frankly, on a threshold right now with humanity, whether you look at it from the transhumanism movement or now with the COVID economically, so many of our systems are in the downward or entropic point de decomposition cycle of their life cycle, where the new systems need to be, whether that's from the vision of it through the mechanics of it, these new systems need to be identified, visualized, and then designed and then created and implemented. I saw that you were doing resilience conditioning team retreats. Their training and conditioning is around that. Other orientations around that methodology is around trying to achieve the zone state, which you hear a lot about, especially from the athletic environment. But what that really means is that our consciousness, our awareness is like a spectrum of what I refer to as our perceptual orientation. And we get a lot of that information through our senses, but it also is, is filtered and influenced by what state we exist in internally. So as well as environmental conditions. So related to what's going on now with the virus, for example, the thing that has not been brought out openly as I thought it should is toxicology reports. You know, like what's in our air, what's in our water, what's in our food that could be influencing this optimal function for our immune system and for biological regeneration, cellular regeneration, neurogenesis, keeping our minds fresh and renewing. That's where that work really resides. Where it exists today is some colleagues and I are implementing what could generally be titled as an innovation center, where we're taking the most current frontier technologies, which you could consider biomed or biotech types of technologies from biosensors to various types of feedback mechanisms and train the system to operate optimally. So you have like decompression chambers 
chambers that you use for scuba diving. They're using those types of chambers now to oxygenate the system to influence more optimal cellular function when the system's fully oxygenated. So things like that, or many people are familiar with the smart watches, and I probably shouldn't mention any brands, but the biometric sensors that you can buy on bands and different types of straps, and that's moving toward where you put a, a translucent band-aid somewhere on your system, and these nanosensors are also being integrated into sports-oriented type of shirts and garments. And that information then goes in through your smartphone, being analyzed by an artificial intelligence, and then you get feedback loops. And that feedback loop might be as simple as it analyzed your facial status and it came to a conclusion of what mood you're in, or it's analyzing your voice frequency. Some of the frontier technologies are indicating that they can determine chemical composition in your body from your voice frequency, just like a carrier wave in the communication system carries information they're able to extrapolate all different kinds of data points from this biometric sensing. But the thing that's missing are the feedback loops. Typically, you just get information. Okay, I slept this amount of hours, this amount of time last night, I was in REM state, blah, 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 blah. But it doesn't actually give you in training type of feedback loops. And that's where we're connecting those dots. For example, you're in a particular state and most of us like to listen to music during the day or when we go for walks or, you know, whatever you're doing, driving in the car, what if that music had embedded in it frequencies that would entrain your mind to operate in a more optimal state versus being in an incoherent state, like being locked into a stressful condition. And those frequencies might not be necessarily recognizable in the audible spectrum, but what they're doing is they're literally like a tuning fork would be used for an instrument and training your system to operate in a more optimal state. They're there are volumes of books and research that's been conducted around the human potential movement, around what the human capacity is, specifically around intuition and empathy, which right now I do believe that the threshold that we exist on is significantly about empathy empathy toward the cognitive awareness of whether you talk to a physicist and they use the term entanglement, you talk to a biologist and they'll use the term symbiosis, or you talk to the wisdom tradition or spiritual traditions and they'll use terms like oneness. That all has to do fundamentally about empathy. And a term I use is biophilia, the love of life. If you think about if we could heighten people's empathy, the connection toward life itself, the awareness that we're all connected, and the biophilia, the actual high regard or awe for life, think about how that would change all of our social issues that we're dealing with and the fear that you know is pandemic throughout the world that, quite frankly, is holding us back from moving forward forward in a more benevolent way. Wow, you hit on some really robust points there. I just want to speak to a couple of them. The biophilia, I just love that you brought this term up in terms of connection to life. Dr. Michelle St. Jane is a conscious steward of meaningful leadership in the world and the wider cosmos. Tune in every Thursday for real talk around life, leadership, and your conscious journey. Be ready to create and cultivate your dreams and soul-hearted desires. Your support is valued. Please subscribe. Leave a review and a rating. But more importantly, share with your connections.